Well, good morning, everybody. It is great to have you here with us on this Pentecost Sunday. Um, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and it is great to have you here with us today. Now, I want to start off this morning by singing a song. In fact, this is a song that is renowned across the world. Everybody knows it. In fact, when you sing this song, uh, it kind of brings joy and, and kind of happiness into your life. And so this song goes a little bit like this. And just join in. As you know, it goes like this. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday, dear church. Happy birthday to you. This, this is what I got to ask you. What is the greatest birthday present you've ever been given? I mean, think about that. If you're in the chat right now, begin to type that in. I want to see actually what are some of the best gifts that you have ever been given in your life. And if you're watching this at a different point, I mean, just share that with somebody. Let them know what is the greatest birthday present that you have ever received. Because a really long time ago, God decided to probably give the greatest gift that was ever given to the entire world in that his son was given to us to die for our sins and he rose again. But Jesus, upon his ascension back to his father, said, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And he pours out his Holy Spirit, who is our power source to live today in this life. I think on the day of Pentecost, God presented probably the greatest gift that you and I could ever want, ask, or think for. The Holy Spirit became the power source. He became our advocate, our guide. And today is a great day on the church calendar because it is the day where we get to remember the Holy Spirit's arrival in power and in authority. Now, I'm going to take a look at the Word of God, and I started the service today by reading out of Acts chapter 2, because it's a very critical text for us when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But right now, I'm going to take us to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it says this, but you will receive power, somebody say power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as I read this earlier, I'm going to do it again, but it says, On the day of Pentecost, which is today, in anniversary, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. I need us to see this. It says, and everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone was given the person of the Holy Spirit in that place. And then it says in verse 17, in the last days, God says, I am going to pour out my spirit upon all people. Not just some, not just these, not just those. It says all people. Are you excited today that God decided to pour out a spirit upon all people? I hope that you are. He says, I'm going to do that on your sons and your daughters. They're going to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And let me add this quick verse to you. In chapter 2, Peter says this at, at the end of an unbelievable message. And each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's pray as we've read the word of the Lord together today. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that you had an idea in your mind and you rolled out for us. Thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit. I do not know where I would be today without the Holy Spirit's leading in my life. And so I'm asking you, Spirit, that wherever somebody is listening to this today, that you would visit them in their space, that you would come in power as you declared in Acts chapter one, verses eight. And I ask that you would pour your spirit upon all people today. Today as we remember something from our history, but I'm asking for a fresh outpouring of your spirit today. I don't want yesterday's manna, I want today's mercies of God. And so I'm praying that you would come and visit us in a very unique way. Pour out your spirit is what we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is a Jewish festival known as the, the Feast of Weeks or a Harvest Festival. In fact, the, the word Pentecost means 50 in this, is that Pentecost happens 50 days past Easter Sunday, or seven Sundays plus the day. It is the descent of the Holy Spirit of God onto all people. And you want to know a really unique feature of Acts chapter 2 that we've just read from them. Um, at the very end of Peter's preach that day, after the Holy Spirit fell on him, it says that 3,000 people accepted Jesus Christ. How many of you think that would be pretty amazing here in Victoria right now? 3,000 people today come to Jesus because the Holy Spirit decided to do something. I think that is absolutely phenomenal. But I need us to see this. This quote comes from Miroslav Volf, and he says this, This moment contains a critical edge that even those who had no voice had been now given a voice. What I love about what Jesus does with the Holy Spirit in this text is that there was division, there was separation, there were levels of people's uh, stature in society. And what the Holy Spirit does, he comes in with absolutely no bias and no prejudice, and he says that I'm going to pour myself out upon all people. And so Pentecost enables all of us today to know the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came because Jesus went away. And Pentecost literally is the birthplace of Christianity. It's why we sing happy birthday today. Jesus deposits the Holy Spirit of God into our lives as an advocate. The word parakletos from the Greek means that Jesus has given you and I an advantage today. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited that I have an advantage to live for Jesus. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And so we have been in a series called Numa. Numa meaning breath, wind, and fire, and spirit. Actually, not the fire part, but I'm going to get to that in a moment. And last week, I spent some time on the word wind, the metaphor of wind. And I asked this one question that I'm going to ask again today, and it is this, that if, if we know that life is hard, and if you could have accurate and precise help, would you take it? And that's really where we're trying to land today. So we're going to take a look at the idea of fire as the metaphor. And I got to tell you, I'm fired up today to actually preach a message on the Holy Spirit like this. Uh, you see what I did there with that fire thing? That was pretty good, hey, John? All right, that's good. I love it. Now, I got to say, I got to say this. Fire, fire is fascinating to me. 
Um, a lot of people um, study fire really well, but it is fascinating. In fact, when you look at fire, it's quite mesmerizing. I remember just last week, I had the opportunity to sit at a, at a campfire. And I don't know about you, but I love campfires. And not those fake campfires, okay? Not that, not that stuff where you like propane. No, no, no. Like I was at a real campfire. And you sit there and you love the fire. It's mesmerizing. It, it catches your attention with your eyes. Not only that, I love the crackling sounds that it brings to you. I love the fact that the more close you move to the fire, it gives you warmth. You could cook off this. There's so many unique qualities when it comes to fire. One other great unique quality of fire is dynamite. <laughs> yeah, I said dynamite. No, I don't have any dynamite here today, but this is what I need us to see. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, but you will receive power. Somebody say power again. Power. The word power actually in the Greek is dunamis, which actually is the root word dynamis, which we get our word dynamite. You will receive power. You're the stick of dynamite. And what happens is when the Holy Spirit applies his life to yours, he begins to set you off, and you could become explosive for the things of God in a good way. But the Holy Spirit comes on us in power so that we will have an opportunity to live this life for Jesus. One of my favorite TV shows is, is this, uh, it's called Survivor. Anybody seen Survivor before? Love Survivor. I don't think I've missed a season of Survivor. I love it. It's this game where uh, castaways are taken to a remote island. And they have to survive for 39 days. And so they're broken up into teams. And through all of these challenges and, and games, they, they have to win in order to remain on the island. But if you happen to lose one of the games, what happens to you is you have to go to tribal council where you meet this guy and his name is Jeff Probes. Jeff Probes, I love this guy. I, I, like, he's so cool. I mean, for over the years. But what happens when you walk into tribal council that night is you are handed a torch, and that torch is your life. It is a symbolic gesture of you. And what he says to you is he says, I want you to take your torch, I want you to dip it in the fire, because fire represents life. And so you sit through tribal council, you've got your torch there, it has fire in it now, and then the team votes who's the weakest link on the tribe. And what happens is through a vote, you now go stand in front of Jeff, and with your torch in hand, he takes the snuffer, and he holds it over your flame, and he says, the tribe has spoken, and you are out of the game. Now, I'm not talking about when you die, but that would be the ultimate expression of you not having the Holy Spirit anymore. But if the Holy Spirit is fire, if the Holy Spirit is your life, what I'm asking you to do is take the torch of yourself and dip it in the fire, because fire represents life. And if you have no life today, I've got an answer for you, and it is the Holy Spirit of God. And so today, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit because we know that fire marks the life of the believer. It's why Jesus decided to pour out the Holy Spirit here at Pentecost. In fact, in the Bible, we have a lot of association when it comes to the subject of fire. Uh, in fact, the fire associated the presence of God. You'll remember maybe, and maybe if you haven't heard these stories, but there's this one character, his name is Moses, and he walks up to a burning bush that is not being consumed. So he walks up to this burning bush, and it's a conversation he has with the bush. Go figure that. I mean, can you imagine talking to a bush, and it's talking back to you? This is what Moses is doing, but it's the presence of God. 
It's Elijah, who is a prophet back in the day of Israel, who's on the top of Mount Carmel, and fire descends from heaven, and it consumes the sacrifice that is on the altar. Fire is always associated with the presence of God. You want fire in your life? You want to have the presence of God in your life? Get connected to the Holy Spirit, because the presence of God is everything for you and I. It also talks to us about holiness, that when you see fire, it is representative of holiness, and I'm going to come to that in a few moments. We look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 11, and, and Luke chapter 3, verse 16, and it talks to us about how you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. There is this extra emphasis to the fire, and Hebrews 12, verse 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. I mean, we cannot ignore this idea today of the Holy Spirit as fire. And so today I want to look at three qualities of fire that I think when it comes to the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday, that if we align our lives to him with, we're going to become uh, pretty amazed with what he can do in and through us. So number one, I'm going to talk about this. Fire is, is visible. So when people see fire, people pay attention right? I mean, I walk into my living room and I've got this gas fireplace there. And when I press the button, the fireplace comes on. Interesting note about the fire there is that it's contained. It's behind a pane of glass. It's not going to get out into my house because we know what will happen if that happens. But it's contained. And I look at it. It's mesmerizing. It gives me heat, all types of things. But there's the contained fire. We also know that there is fire that is not contained. In fact, when we talk about fire that is not contained, we often think of what? Forest fires. And I have been in some pretty precarious situations being very close to forest fires, and they're dominant, they're rampant, they run wild, they don't care what's in its path, and they are going to destroy. But we understand that fire can have a containment and an uncontainment to it. But the one thing about fire that I, I find is very interesting, and perhaps you've heard this phrase before, but finish it with me. Where there's smoke, there's... And I've been thinking about this quote because if that is true for our lives, when I think of smoke, I can see the smoke. So fire is suddenly visible to me. But not only that, where there's smoke, there's fire also represents the fact that there is a smell that I could also know that is attaching itself to the fire. And it makes me ask this question about our lives today. What do you smell like? Because there, where there is smoke, there is fire. What do you smell like? And I was thinking about this too because Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 gives a pretty sweet picture actually of what you and I should smell like. And it's this. Because it's called the fruit of the Spirit. You should smell like love. You should smell like joy. You should smell like peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what we should be smelling like. You see, if fire is visible, where there's smoke, there's fire. What do we also smell like in this world today? Because they're looking for us. Acts chapter 2 is a pretty crazy story when we begin to think about it. These people are walking around and it says that there are like little tongues of fire resting above their heads. Can you imagine walking around Jerusalem that day and seeing that visual? You would think that you were in some sort of sci-fi movie or something, but this is the visual that is presented to us today. How many of you think that that's a pretty cool picture, actually? I think that that is pretty phenomenal. But what I want us to see in this is because of this moment People's lives were changed, and our world was changed forever because of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, many of us 
who are listening today. You come from a different denominational background than I. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and, I, and I've always thought like Pentecostal people must be right because it's Acts chapter 2. And you know what? That's totally not true. Right? But this is what I want to say to us. I don't, it doesn't matter what denominational background you came from. It doesn't matter what theology that you were growing up with. We cannot ignore the fact that God decided to pour out his Holy Spirit, not just on the Pentecostals, not just on the Baptists, not just on this people group or that people group. He says he pours out his spirit on all people. And I love that about what he gives to us. COVID has been telling, has it not? We have watched certain things happen through this story of COVID, and I'm still frustrated in my spirit that believers everywhere or churches are now known more for what they are against rather than what they're for. You see, we are supposed to be a people who are for everyone, And what the Holy Spirit does, when fire becomes visible, we begin to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ to everybody. Holy Spirit enables you. He equips you to be exactly what Jesus needs in this world. To make this one point, your fire isn't for show. It is for witness alone. I mean, let that be a soundbite in your life today. This is not about you looking good. This is simply about you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. But can people see the fire in your life? Can people smell the smoke that's coming from the fire within you? Number two, fire refines. In Malachi chapter three, verses two and three, it reads this. For he, representing God, for he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. And he will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. And he will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver. I gotta say, I I love this description of God and how he applies the Holy Spirit to our lives. I want us to notice a couple of things of what that text didn't say. It did not say to us that God is like a forest fire, okay? It doesn't say like he's going to destroy indiscriminately the things that are which in its path. It also doesn't say that he's an incinerator's fire, which completely consumes everything around. It says that he is a refiner's fire. And what happens there is that in this refiner's fire, there is a refining that happens in our life, and there is a purification process that begins to take place. We know this about a refiner's fire. It melts down and it separates the impurities which take away the value of the object. Now think about that when it comes to your life. That God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to apply his refiner's fire to you to take away the impurities. I don't know about you, but does anybody have any impurities in their life? Because I do. And I need this refiner's fire because what God sees in me is he sees an incredible value. Some of us today, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we don't see the value that God sees, but I'm here to correct you, my friend. God sees tremendous value in you, so much so that he wants to apply his Holy Spirit to you to take away the impurities from your life so that you will in turn be the refiner's fire and the piece of gold that is of value to him today. It burns up this refiner's fire, all those things that aren't right in my life, and it 
allows the living, precious thing to remain intact. And this is what God does with you and I through the Holy Spirit. One thing I think about when I think about this refiner's fire is, I don't know about you, have you ever touched fire? Because it sure is dangerous. I mean, it's, it's costly for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't want to do it. We've heard the phrase, never play with fire because you're going to get burned. But I want you to know this, is that when you ask the Holy Spirit and his refiner's fire to come to your life, He's going to bring purity and holiness so that you'll look more like Jesus. But I need you to see that this is also a dreadful thing sometimes. We can't ignore this because fire is dangerous. You can't play around with fire just like you can't play around with the Holy Spirit. And we oftentimes will come to the Holy Spirit and be like, I'm fearful. I'm afraid of what you're going to do. That's the point. He is a refiner's fire because he wants to strip away the things in our lives today that he doesn't want there because he wants to bring us closer to the person and the look of Jesus Christ in our lives. And so this is a serious moment when we ask for the refiner's fire to come be applied to our lives. I've had many moments in my own journey where I wish sometimes I didn't even pray that prayer, but I did, and I know that I'm better off for it because the Holy Spirit is gonna remove the impurities because he sees such a great and an important value in who you and I are. So allow the refiner's fire to have his way in you. The third point that I want to make today is 212 degree principle. In science, there is a big distinction between 211 degrees Fahrenheit and 212 degrees Fahrenheit. I want us to see the difference today. In fact, at 211 degrees Fahrenheit, you're going to notice that water is very hot. In fact, if you'll stick your hand or anything in there, you're going to realize that you're going to be burned. But at 212 degrees, that hot water now turns into this thing called boiling water. And boiling water now begins to produce steam. And I don't know about you, but that one degree of separation, that one degree of difference is all the difference it takes to make a 20-ton hunk of junk begin to move in a direction. Whether it be a train, whether it be a ship, or it's a factory yard. That one degree, that 1% from 211 to 212 is the difference of what it takes to move that. I want to declare over your life and my life today that this is the difference the Holy Spirit of God will make in you and I, where he will move you and me from natural living to supernatural living. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live over here in Naturalville. That's disappointing. It's frustrating. I don't get it right all the time, but when I come over to Supernaturalville, because I've allowed the Holy Spirit to apply his fire and his heat to my life, and he begins to move me. The difference between 211 and 212 is one. And yet that is what the power and the person of the Holy Spirit can do in my life, in your life. In Luke chapter 3 and 4, we are shown a, a beautiful picture of Jesus who has this encounter with the Spirit in multiple moments. First, we see it in his baptism where the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, another metaphor, rests on Jesus. 
then we see that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he has this showdown, this one-on-one battle with the devil. And then even after that, as he proclaims in the, in the, ta- in the temple, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. He's asked me to release the prisoners and to, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus himself had a reliance and a dependence upon the Holy Spirit of God. And I got to tell you, that's what I want in my life. Luke chapter 11, 11 says, hey, you good dads in this world, you know how to good give good gifts to your kids. So how much more will our Father in heaven give us better gifts? And I love what it says right there on the screen to you. But the Father will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. See, when's the last time you asked for the Holy Spirit to come in power upon your life? You know what those people at Pentecost were doing originally? They were in that upper room saying, Jesus, we need you. You left, we don't know what to do, but you told us to come here. And they asked, and guess what happened? The sound of a rushing wind, tongues of fire began to rest upon them because they had the audacity to ask. And I'm asking you today, will you ask? Will you ask the Holy Spirit, who is the equal part of the Godhead, the triune God, will you ask him to come and let him be the power source in your life, that he would apply his fire to you and burn away the things that do not need to be there so that you will become a visible agent? He is the differentiator of our lives today. And if you put your trust in the Spirit of God, if you pray to him, he's going to do incredible things. I think about this often, but like I know that in, in getting into the kitchen, I could, I could use the stove, but I may, I may get burnt, so I actually won't use it. How's that for logic? But I think we do that with the Holy Spirit. Like I know I, could, I should be praying to the Holy Spirit, but I'm not gonna do it because he's gonna take away something in my life and it's gonna take away the control that I've so greatly built in my life and I don't wanna do it, so I just won't touch it. Don't do that with the Holy Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, beautiful verse, says, if I could speak in the language of earth and of angels, and I love this because a lot of people want to look at Acts chapter 2 simply on the basis of the conversation of tongues, which is very important. Please do not misunderstand me. I wish that all of you could speak in tongues the way I do. I really do believe that. Apostle Paul even prayed that over the people. Tongues is, is, is effective. Tongues is a part of the gift set of the Holy Spirit of God. But I want you to listen to this. It says, if I could speak in all the languages of earth and of the angels, but if I didn't have love, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. We've looked at these texts over the last few weeks. We've looked at this idea of Acts chapter 1, verses 8 today, and it is a chapter, and it is a book of power. This is the power of what the Spirit of God can do in your life. And yet over here, as we looked at Jesus and his ministry, it was all about love. Jesus changed the game when it came to people. You talk about fire being visible. Jesus was the visible approach. We've got love and power, but it all has to lead towards a mission. And the mission is people who do not yet know Jesus Christ. And that is what is being asked of you and I today when we ask the Holy Spirit of God to come upon us. An unbelievable movie. It's the Chronicles of Narnia. Ever watch this show? If you haven't, you need to. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There is this incredible scene in it with Lucy, the youngest of the siblings, and Mr. Beaver. 
And Lucy is, is listening. She's riveted by Mr. Beaver's conversation because he's talking about this lion's name whose name is Aslan. Aslan is the great king, and as you would know with C.S. Lewis, Aslan is a representation of God. And so anyway, Lucy is listening into Mr. Beaver's description of Aslan, and Lucy steps back a little bit nervous. She's like, Mr. Beaver, I don't know if I want to meet this Aslan. I don't know if I want to meet this lion. He sounds a little bit fierce. He sounds a little bit, you know, ferocious. And she asks the question of Mr. Beaver, and is he, but is he safe? <laughs> and uh, Mr. Beaver takes a step back. He's like, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good because he's the king. This is the Holy Spirit of our lives. Is he safe? I don't know. He's going to ask you to do some crazy things. He's going to take away some things in your life that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, what do I do with that? But listen to me. He is good because he is your parakletos. He is your helper. He is your assistant. He pleads your case before a judge, and he is good. And he will take you through whatever he needs to take you through because he sees value in you, and he wants to remove the impurities that are there so that you will stand before God like that silver, like that gold that has been refined in the fire. And when that happens, we become for everyone, and our lives are visible because the fire of the Holy Ghost flows through us. God, I need you again today. I need you to fall on this church family with your fire. I know I may get burnt, but that's only because of your incredible love as you're taking away things in my life to make me holy. Fire and wind, Come and do it again. Anybody? Amen? Anybody? We need the Spirit of God. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for the story. But I got to tell you, I'm not looking for a story. I'm looking for a fresh outpouring for my own life today. As over these last two weeks, we've looked at fire and wind. I'm asking that you would pour your wind out upon this church. And as we have discussed today, allow your fire to fall. Come and take away the things of my life that are not right, that are impure. Make me look more like Jesus. Help my life to model who Jesus is and was. Help my life to smell like Jesus in everything that I do. I'm asking for you to do only what you could do. And I understand I have preconceived notions of how this works and what you should do and how you should do it. But the truth be told, I have no hot clue of how you move and what you do and why you do it. The only thing I know is that you want to pour out your power, your dunamis on us so that I can be a witness for you. And Holy Spirit, I, come, I pray that you will help us today. For those who are praying this prayer along with me, that you will move us from 211 to 212. 
and help us to live in that power and that effect for who you are. Thank you for Pentecost. Thank you that you had a plan for me that in my life I could walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I know you're good and that's why I pray this prayer today. Come and change me. Come and have your way in me. Set us on fire that a world will see and know who you are. I love you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you are listening with us today and you've never walked into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never known the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life, here's your moment. You could text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113 and we'd love to teach you and show you that journey of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. But we know that once you pray a prayer asking Jesus to come in to you and into your journey, Holy Spirit of God now comes upon you. I love that. So today, if that is a choice, I'm telling you, it'll change you forever in a good way. So church family, I hope that you have a good week on this Pentecost Sunday. Be reminded that we are a people of the Spirit of God and nothing less than that. So walk into this day, walk into this week. Call upon the Spirit of God to direct you. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up your gates. Let heaven be seen on earth. Amen? Church, we love you. Have a great week.